This is Daisenshu EX, the podcast, episode 2 for the week of November 27th, 2005. Hello, welcome everyone. This is Daisenshu EX, the podcast, episode 2. My name is Michael Labrie. You may know me as Vegito EX. And with me, as always, is my faithful manservant, Julian. I prefer assistant and or minion, thank you very much. But yes, I am Julian. Good to talk to you. And good to talk to you. Not that we haven't been talking, but that's okay. Because we're right. talking to a wider audience with this one, hopefully. That's right. You, the listeners. You, the listeners, indeed. We did our first kind of pilot episode last week, but with this one, I think we're going to submit ourselves over to iTunes and a couple other places, and we will probably get some visitors and listeners beyond our regular website. So welcome to everyone that's tuning in for the first time. I guess if you're listening for the first time, you should hear a little bit about what we do. We are from Daisenshu EX, which is a Dragon Ball website. We have been around since 1998, originally under the title Vegito EX's homepage. That was me by myself. And we quickly turned into Daisenshu EX. And my faithful minion, Julian, has been with me since when? 2003. January, I think. All right. So I'm coming up on three years with a site. And it's been a fantastic three years. That it has. Yes. The purpose of this show is to talk a little bit about all the big news that's going on. We've got manga and video games and all that great stuff. But we also want to have some fun little lessons. Last week we talked about how to pronounce Tenkaichi Budokai and specifically aimed it at Atari, who has been getting the words wrong for four years now. That's true. I don't know how, but then again, it's pretty prevalent in English-speaking culture to mangle words of other languages, so maybe we shouldn't expect too much. We should. Nevertheless. But we're, for some reason we do anyways. I guess that's just what it's like to be a fanboy. I guess so. And God knows we're fanboys. Sadly, yes. Yeah. But it's been a good ride. It has been. And hopefully it will continue to be. So last week we talked about Tenkaichi Budokai, and just as a little review for everyone, we have the following audio bit. And there you have it. In the same vein, we want to talk this week a little bit about... Which is a technique that Goku shows off first upon returning back to Earth from training with Kaiosama. Now, Julian, can you tell us a little bit about this technique and where this name came from? Well, the Kaioken is a technique that Goku uses to increase his strength and speed while taxing his body and putting it under rather severe strain. He doesn't need to use this after he turns into a Super Saiyajin because it allows him to have increased strength and speed without the strain on his body. Of course, the name of the technique um, comes from Kaiosama, which we just mentioned Goku trained under. The name literally means something like king of worlds or lord of the worlds. Um, Kai meaning world, O meaning king, and Sama being a term of respect that sometimes isn't used by those who speak of him, particularly Piccolo. Um, But anyway, he created the Kaioken, which literally means the fist of Kaio, or the fist of the lord of the worlds. Um, The fist you'll see a lot 
kind of generically used as the ending to a lot of martial arts techniques in films and things. Anyway, nevertheless, the name of the person and the name of the technique are inherently connected because it's named after the person who did it first. In going with that, we have in the dub, Funimation's original dub from 1995, they opted to name the character King Kai. And this, from what you just described, makes a whole lot of sense. Right. Um, It's a little bit of a weird translation, but if you take the O and translate it into English and then leave the Kai alone for whatever reason, then you get roughly King Kai. So there you go. On the other hand, we have K.O. Ken. Right. And that's a little hard to explain. I mean, there's a K.O. University in Tokyo, but there's no K.O. Ken in Dragon Ball. What's really interesting about this is that their original dub from 1995 through 1997, this is what was broadcast in syndication through Saban, their distributor, they originally began saying it K.O. Ken. Now, after, or towards the end of this, they released the first three DBZ movies in conjunction with Pioneer. In these movies, they suddenly switched and began pronouncing it as Kaioken, which is the correct pronunciation. That's correct. Continuing on, however, once Funimation's broadcast was taken out of syndication and put on Cartoon Network, well, when they resumed the series with Season 3 in the fall of 1999, suddenly Kaioken resurfaced. And so we were back to where we started. Now, I find this incredibly interesting that they started incorrect moved to entirely correct, and then switched right back to incorrect. Well, there's a couple of theories you could say about this. For one, it could be entirely based on the voice actor's own interpretation of it, because you had three different voice actors voicing Goku in that space of time. You started out with Ian Corlett, and you moved to Peter... How do you say his last name? I believe it's Kalamus? You know, just take our pronunciation with a grain of salt, because even though we can do the Japanese, we don't know these people's names, or at least have to say them exactly. Uh, But then, after that, with season three, it became, I believe you say his name, Seon Shemel. (laughs) Apparently now you do. Something like that. Uh, Well, it could be Sean. I have, someone will have to jump in and correct us on that. But anyway, the point still stands that these three men have their, perhaps, their own interpretation of the technique with the current and final voice actor for Goku, basing it on Ian Corlett's original interpretation, and then Peter Kalamus doing something that's more accurate. So, we just have to see, I guess. What do you think? Well, I think the show is pretty much done at this point. So, the video games have all featured the pronunciation of K.O. Ken, and these are the ones that feature Funimation's own cast post-season 3, so I think we're stuck with K.O. Ken in the dub from here on out. I suppose so. It's just interesting to speculate as to why the pronunciation shifted the way it is. Do you, do you think it maybe it's not necessarily the voice actors, but more for continuity purposes? I think a lot of it falls in a whole different number of things. We have the voice actors, and then we can't underestimate the voice directors as well. They're the ones telling people what to say and how to say it. And then we do, we have the continuity, which... Uh, Funimation is known for not having. Well, that's true. I mean, they certainly let a lot, like a lot of other things, slide. But maybe this one thing they just decided, you know what? We'll go back to the way it was pronounced during the dub of the original first two seasons and do that. Yeah, they took a stand. Maybe. The funniest thing about this is that they got the character Kaiosama King Kai correct, 
and then got the technique entirely wrong. Uh, well, I guess that's just what happens sometimes. Alright. That um, is pretty much Kaioken in a nutshell. We're going to play for you a couple different sound bits. First up, we're going to play the original Japanese, which doesn't shift from beginning to end. And then we're going to have three different Funimation sounds. We're going to have Ian Corlett's original pronunciation, and then we're going to have Peter Kalamis's correct pronunciation, and then move on to Seon, or Sean Shummel's Back to the Incorrect Pronunciation. So, here we go. It's interesting to note that with the redubs under the Ultimate Uncut label of the first three um, movies of Dragon Ball Z, the correct pronunciation in the dub is looking like it's going to go bye-bye. Because this has, it's going to have Funimation's current cast, which is of course the one that reverted back to the K.O. Ken pronunciation. I mean, these movies were sort of anomalies when, even when they started out. They were the first DBZ productions in America to be released uncut. They also had the original Japanese background music and themes, and they had dialogue that was pretty, pretty close to the original Japanese script, which was a stark contrast from most of the dialogue that had preceded it. Um, Funimation's gotten gradually better over time, but mm, they're still kind of out there a number of times. So to see this go, it's kind of sad, I guess. But it's more or less inevitable. Um, Funimation lately seems to be big on the continuity thing, despite lots of weird little things that have added to lack of continuity through the dub. I suppose we just have to live with it and our Pioneer DVDs. On the other side, we could just watch a Japanese version and always have the same pronunciation. That's very true. So that concludes our little discussion on Kaioken versus Kaioken. Next week, we're going to talk about Saiyan versus Saiyajin. So look forward to that. Due to popular demand and massive, I guess, convenience, our first guest for this episode, and probably only guest for this episode, is Mary. Hello there. Hello, Mary. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I certainly can. Uh, My name is Mary, and I run the website Temple of Trunks, which is a character site, obviously, about trunks. Uh, I've been running it since March of 1998, and unfortunately, within the last couple of years, I've kind of, you know, not paid as much attention to it as I probably should have, but I'm certainly not going to let it die. (laughs) I'll let it stay on the internet as long as... The world will let me keep it there. As long as the internet exists, yes, there will be there will be drunks <laughs> and and plenty of fangirlisms for for everyone to enjoy. All right. So our discussion for this week is going to be about filler. Now, filler is something very interesting in terms of the Dragon Ball world versus some of the other worlds. Julian, do you want to give us a brief rundown on exactly what filler is? Well, sure. With shows like Dragon Ball, which were produced basically while the comic book that they were based on was running they had to have a way to keep the story behind that of the comic or else they'd kind of shoot off on some bizarre tangent 
This was seen, of course, with Rurouni Kenshin and, to an extent, with Inuyasha, both of which had fairly ignominious ends to their anime because of that. Um, however, with Dragon Ball uh, and Dragon Ball Z, of course, since they're both based on the comic book Dragon Ball, the animators at Toei Animation and the staff managed to come up with enough filler that they were able to stay consistently behind the comic and be able to do the story as Akira Toriyama intended it, albeit with a lot of additions and some contradictions. And so filler parties. quite literally does exactly what its title suggests. It fills time between events in the manga. Exactly. And at some points, this filler can introduce all sorts of fun things, such as inconsistencies with the manga, both in the past and what the author chooses to do in the future, and on the other hand, could develop characters further that didn't quite happen in the manga. That's true. So what we would like to discuss um, would be our examples of our favorite filler, and these could be entire filler arcs, or specific filler episodes, or even just little scenes that really didn't exist in the manga and somehow expanded upon the story. So I'm going to let our guest go first this evening. Why, thank you. You're welcome. Um, I think my favorite filler uh, bit in all of Dragon Ball Z particularly is an episode that is primarily humorous. And I think I picked this because most of the filler in Dragon Ball Z gets, you know, a really, really bad rap. You know, all oh, that filler crap. Oh, Garlic Jr. arc, that really sucks. But my favorite filler episode is the episode where Goku and Piccolo go out to get their driver's licenses. And this episode just cracks me up right down from the get-ups that they're wearing, like the classic Piccolo post-boy hat, or was it a shirt? I don't remember. It to, a shirt. Uh, you know, Goku crashing the car, and it's, it's just downright hilarious. What do you think this episode contributes to the show overall that wasn't present in the manga? Um, a little bit more, I mean, not that Dragon Ball Z wasn't humorous in its own way, but I think... This episode contributed a little bit more character development, kind of in a humorous fashion for these two characters. I mean, we obviously know that Goku's like, you know, he's silly, he's wacky, but he's also fairly incompetent in the real world, as it were. Like, what, what on earth would he know about getting into a car and going food shopping? I mean, we see a little bit of that in movie 7, which I guess is also filler, so that doesn't really count. But, you know, those poor guys, you know, Piccolo doesn't want to be there. So... It's it's funny, and I think it contributes just a little bit of character development. I agree. What I like about the episode is that we get to see these characters in a real-world setting. Normally, we see them flying around, hitting people, shooting these massive key blasts, and then we have Goku needing to get a driver's license. Mm -hmm. And that's just something completely bizarre. And they managed and to save a, a bus full of school children at the end. They did, so they are superheroes. That's right. I think that's a good Yeah. That is a good <laughs> example of showing them as like, you know, typical almost American superhero stereotypes. Look, they're in the big city and now they're gonna go save, you know, a, an exploding bus of children. That's really interesting. I wonder if they took this as a homage to something from the American style of comics. It's hard to say. But it's entirely possible. All right. Julian, how about you? What is your favorite example of filler? Well, I'd have to say that out of all the various filler episodes and scenes that run throughout the series, what I really like is filler that deals with Gohan's development into a fighter in between Goku's death and the arrival of Vegeta and Nappa. So you have these episodes like 
one where he finds a, an abandoned robot and makes friends with it, and another where he makes friends with the dinosaur, and then there's another when he actually runs away from Piccolo and meets this gang of orphans who are kind of struggling to make it on their own and not give in to the adults who are trying to take them in. And I think this really shows a lot of character development on Gohan's part. It really shows him learning to deal with things like loss and a sense of duty and kind of realizing what he has to do. It's really interesting to see him go along that path, which isn't covered in nearly as much detail in the manga, because he really starts out as a big crybaby and a complete wimp, and he goes to, over the course of the series, a very seasoned fighter, and I find that interesting. I do as well. That's something that's quite prevalent in shonen anime, when the character begins as this kind of lost, as you said, whiny child, and over the course of several episodes and some some wacky, some fun, some heartbreaking, this character finds themselves and what their purpose is in life, and with Gohan, that's, I need to protect my planet in place of my father. Right. And I just really think that's an interesting theme. And it also shows some of the interplay with him and Piccolo, and realizing that Piccolo, maybe even if he doesn't realize it himself yet, is starting to have some rather selfless motives in amongst his plans for world domination. That's true. So not only do we get the character development of one, we get the character development of two. Right. I guess that leaves it up to me with my favorite example of filler. My favorite example is from the very end of the Cell game arc. It is actually the episode in which Gohan kills Cell. Right before he unleashes that final kind of big blast that pushes Cell into disintegration, we have the four remaining heroes, and that is Tenshinhan, Yamcha, Piccolo, and Kududin. Um, Kududin. Kududin. You know, I'm actually going to take a quick break and give you my dirty little secret. I cannot say Kududin on a regular basis, so when I speak aloud, I say Krillin. <laughs> the world is crashing down. So from now on, I'm going to say Krillin, and just All pretend right. just pretend I'm actually saying it in Japanese. Okay. So we have these four characters, and they're standing up from above, and they're looking down on Gohan, and they're all having these kind of epiphanies about what they need to do. Piccolo, we were just talking about Piccolo's character development a little bit. He's realized that he has a greater purpose than just, you know, I'm going to take over the world. He's developed this kind of fatherly love for Gohan, and he can't just stand there and watch, in essence, his son be killed. And then it turns over to Tenshinhan, who he brings the typical, I'm a fighter, I can't go out like this. If I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down fighting. And then Yamacha kind of looks at him and says, you know, I agree with you. And the two of them blast off. And then we're left with Krillin, who's standing there with 18. And he says to her, you know, sorry, I got to go do this. And so the four of them just take off. And they fly past Vegeta, who looks severely pissed off that these four paupers, in essence, are flying past him and they're going to do their job and he's kind of just standing there. And so these four characters, they're completely, completely outclassed. Piccolo's the first one to get down there and he launches an attack and immediately gets blown away. But then the other three land and they all fire. And it's just really touching to see these four characters stand there. They know they have no purpose there. 
they're gonna get blasted away, they're not doing anything. They're not distracting cell, they're not doing any damage, but they know they need to be there doing it. And everyone gets their own little monologue about why they're there and what they feel they need to do. And they just say, you know, we love Goku so much, he's not here, we're gonna help his son because we feel it's our duty. That just touches me. I think that was phenomenal. And it wasn't in the manga, and it really should have been. I think Toriyama <laughs> kind of dropped the ball on that one. I think Toei nailed it. And that just totally, totally nails what filler should be about for me. Wow. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Does anyone have anything else to say about filler in general? I mean, we've touched upon the the positive qualities of filler, but then we have, you know, the fun inconsistencies, which you can read about on the site. Those kind of detract from the show a little bit. Right. Yeah. As if the series wasn't long enough and have enough plot holes on its own, the filler episodes certainly don't help the cause any. No. <laughs> I'd say my favorite bit of filler is probably the one where they give an entire history of the Dragon Balls. It's pretty early on in Dra- Dragon Ball, right. the animated series. And it's completely off base from what the author actually comes up with later on about the whole Namekian thing and... Right, they actually say there's originally one Dragon Ball. Yes, and that the gods became angry or something and split them into seven. I guess they decided that there would be multiple gods, even though... and I mean, Toriyama later on decided that there was just one god for every planet, and that was the way it would work. And then... They had no way of knowing that. Toei took that idea of one god and decided that the god of Planet Vegeta brought destruction upon it, and that turned out to be entirely false. So... We have good filler, we have bad filler. Dragon Ball is full of this filler, and it's quite notorious for it, but I hope we have a couple examples that people can say, you know, not all of that filler is bad. Maybe some of it did help the series. So we'll leave it up to you to decide what the purpose of filler is towards good or evil, but hopefully we've provided both sides of it. All right. All right. Now, the reason we brought up filler for this week's discussion is actually because of a thread started up on our forum by Dayspring, one of our regular members. And the whole discussion is just all about filler and favorite examples and least favorite examples. The general consensus seems to agree with Mary in that the driving episode is not only hilarious, but just everyone's favorite example of filler. And you've got to admit, there's something to be said for watching the heroes act like complete doofuses not in the context of battle. Agreed. The Garlic Jr. saga. Right. Chaos Saiyajin says, I also really enjoyed the Gohan meeting Mr. Robot episode. I finally got to see it. No thanks to you funny bastards. And that's in reference to the episode originally being cut from the 1995 dub. Of course, Funimation has gone back and included that in their ultimate uncut release, although I'm not really sure which... Which one that is on? I guess that'd be volume three-ish. Um, but at any rate, you c- you two can watch it in both English and Japanese now. Last Son of Krypton says, Tenjin Han, Yamcha, and Chaotsu versus the Ginyu Force. I'm a big fan of the human characters, and I love seeing them whoop up on the Ginyu Force. And hopefully I don't butcher this name. My Visionity? Visionity? What do you I think? I want to ask. All right. They said, My favorite fillers include the episodes of Goku's training journeys before the 22nd Budokai. I thought they were well-written and a lot of fun. Jersey Milk says, Bulma and the Crab. Just joking. Like everyone else, I love the Driving School episode. I also love the Bardock special, the Robot episode, the party stuff at the end of the Boo Saga, and the Princess Snake episode. 
You know, the funny thing is about the Bardock special that it it's kind of in a weird gray area between filler and canon. That's true. Canon, of course, being the officially accepted sort of truth of the Dragon Ball world, such as it is for a fictional story, um, because the character of Bardock was sort of more or less created jointly by the character designer of the time and Toriyama himself. Um, and he liked him so much, in fact, that he decided to use him in two panels of the manga a little while later. Bardock, that is. But, I don't know, I, I guess it still counts as filler in just the way that it is. So there you go. What we'd like to cover next is something we want to try and do every week, and that is just general news and upcoming releases throughout North America and Japan. We're based in the United States, so we know what's going on there. And we know what's going on in Japan because, I guess, we have Julian. Yes, and the miracle of the internet. The miracle of the internet, indeed. Since we've only just started doing this, we're actually going to backtrack a week or two just to go over a couple things that are just now out. On the 15th of November, uh, Great Siaman Crash Course from Funimation came out. This essentially completes everything but the first two seasons of the show on DVD. That's correct. Um, We've only got a little bit left, and that's primarily the Ultimate Uncut edition of the first 67 episodes of the show. Is there one more DVD after this one, or is that... This was the last one of the Great Man arc. All right. So well, In that case, that's the only thing left. Right. This contains episodes 207 through 209, and if you want to get it for nice and cheap, Right Stuff has it for 11.99. Moving okay. on, on the 22nd of November this past week... Supersonic Warriors 2 for the Nintendo DS came out in America. This is the sequel to the first Supersonic Warriors, and it's called Buku Resen in Japan. It is $29.95, and I actually saw it in stores a couple days early. Well, so not bad. They broke release date on this one. Unfortunately, I do not yet have a Nintendo DS, so I have no idea how good this game is. Nor do I. It looks pretty cool, so... If you want to read about it, we do have some discussion on it on our forum that you can check out. On November 29th, which, as of this recording, is just a couple days, the sixth of the Ultimate Uncut Edition DVDs will be coming out. This is called Doomed Heroes, and it contains episodes 16 through 18. And as Funimation has been doing, this will contain three languages. Their new English redub, the original Japanese version, and as well the awesome, awesome Spanish dub. Yeah, I think that's the Mexican-Spanish dub. That is the Mexican-Spanish dub. And it's but extremely good, which makes me wonder why Funimation included it, because mm-hmm. their dub's kind of, yeah. eh? And then they have yeah. an awesome dub on it. But you've got to admit, though, that the so-called Ultimate Uncut is at least a little bit of a step up from their previous work. It's not a whole lot of one, but it, it is noticeable. A step up from... Um, from, like, the rest of their dub of the series. Right. Now, when you compare it to the original 1995 dub, that's a little up in the air because we have two different voice casts, two different kind of styles of music, and we have this heavily, heavily cut script versus this script with extra curses in it, which is somewhat interesting. But we will leave that up to all the dub fans to decide which one they prefer. It's there for you. If you like the Japanese version, it's there for you. And if you like the Spanish version, which a lot of people have been asking about, 
that's there for you as well. It's a shame the entire rest of the series didn't have the Spanish dub because I would love to watch it beginning to end with that Spanish dub. Moving on, on December 1st in Japan, Buku Rasen, this is Supersonic Warriors 2 as we know it, comes out on their Nintendo DS, and just as with all the Game Boys in the world, the DS is regionless. So if you want to get the Japanese version, you can feel free to import it and know you'll be able to play it on your system. It will be in Japanese, however, so if you don't know Japanese, you'll have a little fun playing the game. It is... 5,040 yen, so it's going to run you about $50. It's 48.90 on Play Asia. Now, if you're wondering about the title, Bukurasen roughly means something like um, like fierce battle in the air. So, there you go. <laughs> well, the game primarily does take place in the air, so that makes a whole lot of sense. Well, there you go. All right. On December 6th, back in the U.S., Dragon Ball Z Volume 23 from Viz comes out. This corresponds to Volume 39 in the original Japanese run, which was just Dragon Ball beginning to end. As with all the rest of the volumes, it is 7.95, and this marks the appearance of Majin Buu. That's correct. I believe they're calling him Jin Buu in the English version of the manga, Jin being an Arabic word from which we also get the word genie, which I guess makes sense. Um, But I don't know. I haven't really been following the Viz version of the manga since they started censoring things with the appearance of Mr. Satan. Or as he's known in the manga officially, Hercule. All right. On the 7th of December in Japan is the release of Volumes 4, 5, and 6 of Dragon Ball Z on DVD from Toei Animation and Pony Canyon. Now, these are sort of individual releases of the discs that were included in the first Dragon Box set, um, released in 2003 uh, for Dragon Ball Z. These have um, um, six episodes per disc, and they do have a pretty high bitrate, especially compared to the American releases. So they're pretty good, however, they don't have any subtitles. Um, they're 3,800 yen each, which is oh, roughly $35 or so. But keep in mind, you've got to import, and you'd need a regionless player if you want to play them, because they're NTSC Region 2. Um, this brings the series up to episode 36, and since it's six episodes a disc thus far, it's uh, going through it pretty quickly. Um, there's three discs coming out every single month, so uh, January we'll see more and continuing on basically until the end of the series. Um, You can order them from CD Japan if you're interested, but do keep in mind the Region 2 and the lack of subtitles. They've so far announced through Volume 18, which is in April 2006, and that takes us to Episode 108, which is around the Garlic Jr. arc. Yep, and they have assured us that there will be, in fact, 49 volumes, and by us I mean the entire public and not just us. But that will cover the entire series. Alright, so for those of you who couldn't or did not purchase the two Dragon Ball Z Dragon Box sets for, oh, around $1,000 each, if you want to pick these up individually or just get a couple select volumes and episodes, now's your chance, and they'll probably be around for quite a bit. On December 14th, back in America, we have some tentative release dates. The only place these have really been confirmed has been Funimation Z-Store, so I guess we kind of take that with a grain of salt. 
Fans have been looking for the greatest hits version of Budokai 3 in the U.S. This is the re-release of Budokai 3 under the Greatest Hits label. That's the, you know, the the red across the top and on the spine that looks really out of place with the rest of your games. It's coming out for 19.95, like all the other Greatest Hits. And what's interesting about this release is that it contains the Japanese audio track in addition to the English audio track. The other things that have been confirmed have been the three extra outfits, which are Goku with a halo. Piccolo Daimao, and Trunks with Long Hair. We don't know what other extras are going to be in this. The Japanese version had some extra movies, but we don't know if those are going to be on this one. They've had this announced for quite a bit, but never really gave us a concrete date. It's looking like December 14th. So it could make a good stocking stuffer. It would indeed make a good stocking stuffer. Unless you've already purchased the game twice. That's true. I'm not saying who that is. I wonder, Mike. It's me. Also on December 14th, tentatively, is Dragon Ball Z Legacy of Goku 1 and 2. This looks like uh, a single cartridge with the two games for $29.95. Again, the only place we see a date and listing for this is on Funimation Z Store. So maybe you'll see it, maybe you won't. We don't know. If you haven't gotten the games, that's a good place to pick them up. Two for one. Legacy of Goku 1 is supposed to suck, and the second one's pretty damn awesome. So, maybe get it? Maybe. Have you played the Legacy of Goku games yet? I have not. I do actually have a Game Boy Advance somewhere, but I haven't really paid this game much attention, so maybe I'll have to check it out. Maybe you will. Alright, that takes us pretty much into the holiday season. Next week, we'll give you another update on what's coming out, and hopefully we'll have some more information on those two December 14th titles. But until then, happy purchasing. So today we've talked a little bit about pronunciations, we talked about filler, and we covered some of the releases. That pretty much brings us to the end of our time for today. We have gotten our first email in response to the podcast, which I thought was pretty awesome. This email came from... Alfredo Pat, hopefully I said that correctly, they wanted to let us know that they enjoyed listening to the podcast and they liked the discussion about Sparking last week. We mentioned the upcoming release of movies 2, 3, and 4, the Dragon Ball movies from Funimation, and they wanted to know who the voice of Bulma was for movie 2, because this was the first thing that Funimation released on their own post-Saban syndication. I actually haven't seen this dub of the movie. And that kind of surprises me, as I'm sure it does everyone else. Julian, do you happen to know if it was Tiffany Vollmer? I really have no idea. I actually haven't seen this either. I meant to pick it up a few months ago when I saw the VHS version of the dub in the bargain bin at my local video store. But um, when I went back with some actual money to purchase it, it was gone. So I'm going to assume it's Tiffany Vollmer. She's been there kind of since the beginning with Funimation's current cast. So it's probably her. If you know for a fact, please jump on our forums and let us know. Alfredo Pat said, If your podcast is getting great responses, beside myself, then once a month or once a week would be great. We are going to try doing it once a week. So look for us next week, maybe? Yeah. You going to be here next week? I will be here next week. Well, if you're I'm here not next so sure about starting in January, but... See what happens. Well, if you're in here next week, I'll be here next week, and 
we can at least go until January. And by then, you know, we'll lose interest in this and go back to actually working on Ask on the site. Maybe. That <laughs> would be really cool. We've actually been working on getting our podcast out there into the big wide world of the internet. We have. Now, you said that it's already up on Podcast Alley for Yahoo. Was that part of Yahoo or is that separate? No, there are two separate ones. There is Podcast Alley. In addition to that, there is Yahoo, who has their own kind of beta section for podcasts. I see. We are up on both of those already. And as we said before, after this episode, we're going to submit ourselves to iTunes. So hopefully we're going to be getting some new listeners beyond our site. Not that we don't love our site listeners. We love you so much. But with the possibility of a new audience, I think we just want to say again what we're going to do with the show. Well, I think we are trying to keep people up to date on what's going on in the Dragon Ball world. There's a lot of things happening recently, especially since two years ago in Japan with the re-release of the manga in its not special but um, deluxe edition with color pages and more chapters per volume, which makes it a pretty good deal. And since then, there's been re-releases on DVD, and even here, there's been the Ultimate Uncut editions and a lot, a lot of activity in video games, even though there I don't has think been. about it. So, there's plenty of things to talk about, and we'll also try to cover other topics relevant to Dragon Ball, such as pronunciation of things in Japanese, the English dub, filler, etc., etc., and I think that'll give people a pretty good idea of what our show is going to be about. All right, so if you're enjoying us, please feel free to subscribe. There's a couple ways to subscribe. You can always visit our site, Daizenshu EX, which can be found at www.daizex.com. Right up in the upper right-hand corner, we have a link to our podcast page. You can also do a search for us on Podcast Alley and Yahoo, and hopefully in the coming weeks, iTunes. So please subscribe. Please, we'd love to hear from you. You can jump on our forums and drop us a line. We have a specific podcast section. And also on the site, you can find links to email us and let us know what you think. We're going to try and read a couple emails every show. So far, we've gotten one. We've read our one, so we have a great track record going. Feel free to give us feedback, because we always like to hear from you, the listeners, what you thought. We do. And hopefully we'll actually bring on a couple of our listeners to talk about things every once in a while. Last week we had Justin Lost in Thought, and this week we had Mary, who is both a visitor and girlfriend. Permanent resident. (laughs) But, you know, Mary was demanded from the fan base, so we have to... Let's give a hand for Mary. Yay. Yay! Thank you, Mary. That about wraps us up for today. Check us out next week when we'll be talking about Saiyan versus Saiyajin. We'll give you whatever the new upcoming releases are, and hey, maybe some big breaking news will come out and we can talk about that. Maybe. We'll just have to see what happens. All right. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Again, Daizenshu EX can be found at www.daizex.com, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.